0: G'day Aussie Gridiron fans, welcome to a special edition of G'day Gridiron. It's in between week 9 and 10 of the 2023 season, and we thought we would sort of take a little bit of a trip back in time to the off-season, the last few weeks of the off-season, July and August actually, those two months, and we would have a look back at some of the some of the predictions and some of the talk we had, uh, our best... See our best team stuff, yeah. Just to have a look at some division standings that we all picked for predictions and our under overs, all these sort of things, and see how we're doing. It's mid season, so as we're going to go with a bit of a mid season report card on all the teams, or we're going to attempt to. Manjot and Brad are in the house, Brad. Report cards are probably a bit more of your thing these <laughs> days, uh. And I know you probably hate doing them. And we are around that almost at that time of year, aren't we? Or we're somewhere around that where you're gonna have to oh, do some report cards? We we
1: are. Please don't remind me. It's uh, uh it, term term four is pretty brutal. It's it's all right, except for writing the comments. So luckily at least for football. Uh, I didn't have to write any of the comments that, and I care more about football than I do about my students. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> no, I don't believe that at all. I mean, you don't have Manjot Melly in your class, so
1: that's true. That's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you I guess it, it, it's a, it's a lot easier to grade these, isn't it, Manjot?
2: It is. It is. I mean, Brad sometimes sends like those math problems across in in our group chats. Like I catch a glimpse (laughs) of them. I'm like, I'm solving this. I know my similar triangles in this. So Brad, you better be (laughs) giving me and A plus in some of my report cards coming up. Oh, absolutely,
0: man.
1: You're you're my prize student.
2: Brian student. <laughs> Let's that's go. a
0: that's a big go. call. That is a big call. <laughs>
2: Let's go. A plus for me. Let's go, man. A plus. Great start. Great all start, right. boys.
0: It's a great start to the episode for me, Enjoy. look out. All right, so we're just gonna go through uh basically division by division, team by team, try and get through all thirty-two in a pretty timely manner. We've been really bad at times the last few uh, episodes so we really need to tighten the shit up lately but um, we'll get there we hope people don't mind those longer episodes but it is quite difficult to get a, a decent bit of chat in about the majority of teams and, and games that are going on you don't want ever even bad games I guess bad teams you don't want to sell their fans short I mean if you if your team's already having a shit year and pe- you would really don't want people not talking about you at all because it sort of seems like no one cares about you or you don't want to watch any NFL.
2: Yeah, so. fair enough. Ian. I mean, when you say tighten the shit up, you sound like a Titans fan right there. <laughs>
0: no, tighten it up, tighten up. Yeah. Um, that is the worst, That's some of the it. worst catchphrase I've ever heard from a fan base, to be honest. There are some pretty bad ones in the NFL, and we probably at some point we need to talk about why they are that bad and come up with some better ones. Oh, that's some good off-season content. That's going in the notebook.
2: There
0: we go. Uh, I like uh, that. Better catchphrases for bad teams. There we go. Yeah, look at even came up with a title already. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's get... Oh, jeez, I talk about tightening it up, but listen to me waffle on. Righto, um, let's start with... The AFC, and we'll start with AFC East. Um So currently, AFC East standings, Dolphins, Bills, Jets, Patriots. I think we all thought that it would be a lot closer in this division than it currently is. Uh The Dolphins certainly, geez, they started well. They really, really started well. They started on a heater, but... Once they got to some better quality defenses, it seems like they fell away a little bit. Is that the feeling you boys might have?
1: Yeah, I think it you know, the yeah. question about the Dolphins mm-hmm. is can they beat a good team? Uh really, because all, all the teams that they've lost to uh, you know, have all had winning records. I don't I don't I don't know. Have they beat a team with a winning record? No, so,
2: no. They yeah, haven't.
1: There you go. So uh, and then if if you look at their strength of schedule uh you know going forward it's it's not the easiest thing in the world so mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be really interesting to see they've got the well it's 16th toughest schedule um so their remaining opponent opponents have a 527 win percentage so so we'll see they they've got it the, I think they'll definitely get over their expected 9.5 wins. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to watch the
2: Miami the rest of the way. Yeah, good point there, Brad. But I would like to say that until Week 16, they're not going to play a team that has a winning record. So mm-hmm. it's really the last three games where they play Dallas, Baltimore, and Buffalo. That's really carrying that strength of schedule, I think, over 500 because those three teams have been Pretty much on a good, the good side of that five hundred mark, and the teams that have coming up in the Raiders, the Jets, Washington, Tennessee, and the Jets again. Well, they they've been pretty subpar those sort of teams. So, based off the trends, you'd expect them to go five and zero after they're buying with ten. So that's really where they're trending at the moment. I would say,
0: yeah, that looks good for them. Uh, the I think the only other one I really want to talk about big time that we haven't talked about on a podcast a lot lately would be the Patriots. It it really seems like that. I thought they'd be a lot closer personally. I thought, even though I put them at the bottom of the division, I thought that they would be a lot closer to the other three teams in this division, but I did not expect two and seven, even with, you know, the, the, the Mac Joneses of the world uh, and things, you still thought that it's a Bill Belichick led defense and, he just has a, a different way of pulling out those those wins, those small wins and grinding teams, you know, grinding wins out. I mean, we haven't all picked uh, overs for seven and a half for the Patriots, and that's woefully wrong at the moment.
2: No, yeah. Uh, I,
1: I, I don't think anybody expected them to be this bad. And they're still only, what, two games back from the Jets. So... They could, they could catch the Jets which you know based on the predictions I'm hoping they do because because I picked the Patriots to finish ahead of the Jets um but yeah it's it's pretty woeful how how bad they're playing
0: yeah I just even and it is weird though when we when we talk about picking games every week I, I still look at the teams they're playing and I mean apart from the Giants the the woeful Giants I look at some of these other teams um Chargers, uh Pittsburgh Denver even and I wouldn't put it past them being able to get wins in some of these but mm. you just you just can't you can't be confident week to week and it's very hard to pick their games so oh, yeah
2: let,
0: let's punch on to the next uh the next division we'll go the north so current standings for AFC North Ravens are running away with the division right now 7 and 2 they have almost locked up that division practically um, Steelers, Browns, and Bengals are all on five and three in that division right now. So they're all pretty much equal. There are There is obviously some tie breaks coming into all that at the moment, um, but that is I can't believe that is one of the closest divisions, and I cannot believe, and one of the most surprising things is having the Bengals at the bottom of that right now, five and three, but they are on a bit of a win streak now. Well, all four
2: the- all four teams in the division would be in the playoffs that started today. Yeah, so that is even more surprising how great this division has been. I think the Bengals really—it was a tough start for them. They just, with Burrow's injury, they looked like a team that was a show of themselves. But then after that, they've really just gone up. After Burrow's really recovered from that calf strain, he's just gone on a tear. He's been picking apart defenses. It looked like the Burrow holds so. I don't think it's sewn up yet, Ian. I I don't think it's right there. I wouldn't say Baltimore's run away with it, especially if you circle the game in Week 11 between Baltimore and the Bengals. That's going to be very important to see uh, who's going to win the division, and especially with the Bengals having a game in hand as well on the Ravens. They can still make up ground, especially if they beat them. But the Ravens beat the Bengals, and I think they've got it. And I, you still I think, got to factor in the other two teams as I, I, well because that's how close it is.
0: Well, it is, but I'm pretty sure if they beat the Bengals, that does actually tie the division up. From memory, there was some calculations there that that may actually happen.
2: Yeah, if the Ravens do beat the Bengals, then yeah, there'd be it would be very close, definitely, especially with Baltimore having a late bye week as well. The other teams have a game and handle them. Yep.
0: Uh, So let's move on to AFC West. So currently Chiefs out in front, seven and two. Chargers, four, four. Raiders, four and five. The Broncos, three and five. I think for me, again, and that's probably the most surprising thing, is to have the Broncos with a few wins under their belt, including over the Chiefs, which was a, a massive one.
1: Yeah, I don't. Again, I don't think anybody picked the Broncos to be this bad. It, it's no, uh, no, not
0: this bad. Definitely not. I didn't think they'd be this bad. Yeah, I, I really
1: thought Sean Payton would come in and give them a boost. And, and I mean, it's clear, it's obvious, Russ's best days are behind him. But I thought he'd get a little bit of a reju- more of a rejuvenation. I mean, he's better than last year, but you, you know, that that's like saying. You know, at least I don't have leprosy again. Now I've only got <laughs> cholera. You know, <laughs> 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 All right. there's your leprosy reference. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think we'd be getting a
2: leprosy
0: <laughs> reference this week either. There yeah. we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not,
2: not on the Good Day Green Iron podcast. I thought that'd be coming up on Aussie and for fantasy, especially that <laughs> Dr. in intro. Oh, it always comes up on the fantasy leprosy part of Dr. Google. <laughs> oh, I forgot you have that.
0: I forgot you totally have that.
2: <laughs> yeah. so there uh, we go. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: You can keep the tip, all right? So (laughs) that's what he said. (laughs)
2: Look, (laughs) the Chiefs being on top, we all had that. We all had the Chargers in seconds. So it's not really too much of a surprise. Ian perfectly placing this division so far. Although you could say the Broncos do have a game in hand, the Raiders, not that it matters, but you could say that's important for the. Put a third and fourth place, there For us, I, boys. In I don't
0: think that I don't think that matters at all right now. I think the Raiders get a bit of a bump in coming weeks. I really do. I, I believe the Raiders will get a bit of a bump in the next few weeks, and they do have some some divisional games coming up as well. So I think that's really going to to help them. Um, there are a few tough games on the Raiders' schedule, which I know they will not be looking forward to. But luckily, they get the Jets this week, so they may be able to get a bit of a, a two-win streak going, Um so they're at home as well. So that's the other yeah. the other thing. So you, you know, Antonio Pierce will probably be ginning these boys up very well again. And I like their defense. And as much as I I've yeah. been on Max Crosby, and I really don't like this, his style of play. Sometimes he is. um He's really leading and pushing this defense to do better every single week. Yeah. Um, and I'm on that. They do have the Raiders do have to take on Miami and then uh, Kansas City before they hit their buy. But it's after the yeah. buy, which they could get a bit lucky. Yeah, so.
2: for sure. That's six and a half by the way in terms of over Hunter. That's going to be really pushed by the Raiders at four and five. It's going to be very tense, I think, that six-and-a-half margin there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. (laughs) I think it might be. Um, Six-and-a-half will be interesting. Uh, All right. AFC South is left for the AFC. Um, Current standings for the South... The Jags are at six and two. I'm actually surprised a little bit with the number of wins and losses for the Jags. I thought that they would be ahead and I did have them at the top of the division, but I think at this point in time, eight games in, I I wouldn't have thought six and two. I would have thought a little maybe five and three. Just just a little more closer to five hundred. Texans are running in second at four and four. Colts are at four and five and the Titans. The surprise here at three and five. Titans really I think they, they lost a few games. Some stuff happened for the Titans. And now they're basically trying to move some assets. And uh Will Levis is starting for the rest of the season, which may actually give him a bit more of a bump and get him out of um get him out of that top tick top ten pick contention. But um I think that they're just phoning it in for the rest of the season. They're looking forward to a draft where they might have a, a higher pick than they usually would coming in sort of division leaders as usual and and sort of playoff leaders but uh brad surprises from the south
1: yeah i think i'm i'm surprised at at how poor tennessee has done um just given that you know rebels always had them playing tough but they're not playing they're not they just don't have that fire, that grit, uh, it seems like this year. And typically, that's not that unheard of in the sense that with coaches like that, they're a little bit more in your face, fire and brimstone. You get a real rise, and but you can't stay at that intensity level, even in the pros, before teams just get tired of it. And I think you might be seeing that with teams getting tired of it. And that would be my concern. I don't want to digress too much, but that would be my concern with Detroit and Dan Campbell is that they can only have this intensity for so long before it just starts to wear teams out. So um, Hmm. overall, I'm just, I'm a little surprised uh, that it's that Tennessee has, has performed this poorly and in that division that Houston has performed this well. So, I mean, they've got a really easy strength of schedule, but nobody picked, CJ Stroud to be this good.
0: Uh, no, so. uh, no, when you look at things like uh offensive rookie of the year betting and contention at the start of the season, preseason, mm-hmm. all the talk, and and I'm and especially I heard on another podcast today, especially from all the the NFL pundits, the NFL media pundits. So, uh, 99% mm-hmm. of them, I think it was like all but five or six. Picked Bijan Robinson to be offensive rookie of the year. Like that's oh, where yeah. all, all the talk and all oh, yeah. the money was. And and nobody at all would have thought CJ Stroud would be in that conversation. But I think he had after last week's performance with 470 and five touchdowns, plus the performances he's had in pre- he had in previous weeks, I think he's pretty much locked up that offensive rookie of the year oh, already. Sure. Barring injury and touch a lot of wood for CJ Stroud, me saying that, but I think he's locked that up.
1: Yeah, yeah I sure. I think so. Ab- absolutely, <laughs> and that, that's an indictment on Smith, the, the Atlanta head coach. Um, it, you know, CJ's earned it, uh, but it, the the head coach for Atlanta is not done BJ Robinson any favors whatsoever.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, looking across the AFC South, though, I was, I think I was a tad bit high on the. Jaguars than you guys were, especially when you look at the the overall ranking. Especially looking, you know, the one to f- the sixteen in the AFC and the division winners. I definitely thought the the Jags being in an easy division would make them go up into the third seat. If the players were today, they would be the third seat. So I did did get that much right about the Jaguars. I think the Colts are a little bit of a surprise as well. To be fair, because. When you came into the season, six and a half was your over under. I think they're pretty much on track to get that six over six and a half there, especially with the way Gardner Minshew can protect the ball. I think Anthony Richardson as well. Let let me just give him some credit. I know he's after the year injured, but he was he was on some sort of level as well. He was playing real well out there, and there's a lot to like about Anthony Richardson. I think that should be said about him, really just a division, it's got, it has had three promising rookie QBs, and a guy in his third year that's really hit his stride. I think Trevor Lawrence has definitely broken close to the top five NFL quarterbacks at this stage of the season, especially on this five-game win streak the Jags are on. Yeah, and I, I think um
0: when you look at the grades that we've given him, and, and check out our, our social media during the week uh, around this episode at G'day Gridiron, um, and possibly even on Manjots at Pastry Press NFL, uh, I'm going to post up some of our our grades that we've sort of given all of these teams as we've gone along. When you look at our grades, I mean we've all we've all put the Colts as a D at the moment, where we still think that they may have a bit of an outside chance at a wild card. I think the only reason for me, and this is me personally, I think it they're lucky that they were clever enough to sign Minshew. Um, yeah. And, and that they have such a quality backup. And I think there's a lot of teams at the moment that were wishing that they had such good quality backups to help them out at this point in the season. Because there seems to be, and, and probably one of the most surprising aspects of the NFL in the first nine weeks for me this season has been the amount of injuries and the amount of high profile injuries. So I think yeah. uh, it's, it's really hurt teams in terms of QBs, especially.
1: Well, yeah, and I heard the stat today that that uh, this week is gonna they're gonna break the record. I think for the most rookie quarterbacks to ever yep. started in a season. So um, that that's saying
2: gonna a lot. Hit ten. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna hit yep. ten rookies, man. It's it's yeah. crazy. Ten. Of of it
0: is. Brad, I do while we have a quick <clears throat> while we have a quick chat about um, uh, our report cards, the Texans. It surprised me that Manjot and I seen a lot higher on this, and I, I'm interested to hear your D. Now, D was in basic grades when I put when I put it to the boys when they had to think around a grade. I put them as a D is a subpar team. Have probably done too much for a high draft pick. May have an outside chance at a wild card. So that was sort of the rough uh, description of what a D should be when we're thinking about those. Why a D? brad for the text i think
1: yeah no that's that's a great question and i think it's basically it's around that descriptor um you know so i think overall you know we said that a d is a subpar team in Mm. my in my mind they're a subpar team they've they've overachieved their expectations but in comparison to the rest of the league or overall they're still a subpar team um. So that's that's strictly where where I was coming from. I think yeah, they fair do enough do have an outside yeah. shot, but I think it, it in comparison to everybody else, they're still subpar.
0: Do you think their strength of schedule is going to hurt them for the, the the rest of this run home? What rank are they on
1: their strength of schedule? Four
0: fifty for their opponents. Twenty eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh,
1: no, I think that actually could help them. Uh, to be that's a fifth
2: best. That's yeah. like the fifth easiest. Yeah, yeah just Matt want Amanda. to say it.
1: Doing, that's my prized student right there. He's doing he's doing subtraction. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> there
2: <laughs> we 18, go. 32. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
0: get that that quick. So I'm I'm well and truly out. So it's, but, you I, know, I I flunked three unit maths, mate, and I use spreadsheets to do everything for me. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> i love it uh
1: so if if you if you look at that that schedule so they're already at four wins uh they they need to pick up three more wins to beat their over under of the start of the season at 6.5 so they got arizona that's going to be a win denver they could very well win the jets they could win tennessee they could win they play them twice indy they could win so i think they've got one, enough one two chances
0: three there. four five Six. Whoa, six of the next uh six of the next nine. Oh imagine
1: Eight. imagine if they get ten wins. I'm I'm not saying they will, but I I actually
0: I actually think they'll beat Jacksonville this time around.
2: They've beaten them already. Sorry. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so I think that That'd they'll be- beat them as well. Yeah, that was close. Yeah. But so I think oh, it will sweep. And I actually think they'll sweep. And then I think that they um I think they'll take the division the way they're playing now, and with those other wins. When you look oh. at the other ways,
2: whoa! whoa. I'm, I'm disagreeing with that heavily, and I guy. I don't know if I spent too much time with my boy Maddie C out there, but man, I I think I think Maddie C's like right now. He's typing somewhere. He's he's typing something <laughs> into the group chat. Boys. Well,
0: Majo, he, they've he already is- got they've, they've already got a win over the they've already got a win over the Jags. Okay. So let's, let's take out.
2: to still beat them. Okay. Let's take out,
0: let's take out the next one. Okay. Let's take out the next one. If we are saying, and I love that we're talking about this. I love it. Uh, if we are saying that they, they're going to beat Tennessee twice and they'll beat Indy again. Okay. They beat Indy the first time, didn't they? Mm -hmm, Yes. mm -hmm. Yeah. Then you're talking about one, two, three, three more wins within the division. Uh, at least, so that's three wins. So, I don't know, it'll be a run home. If they don't beat the Jags, it's going to be, we'll see. I reckon it'll be like Jags-Titans was last, last season, which will be great. That's a, that's great theatre. Uh So, yeah. it'd be amazing. It's just a shame that they're not playing each other at the end of the season. We're going to end up with Titans-Jags playing each other in the last week instead, because that's what everybody, yeah. even the schedule makers, thought would have been the top two teams, so...
2: Yeah, I I think as well. I just wanted to say. I mean, I see the that the Jags have the fifth hardest schedule, but let's remember that on this five game win streak, the Jags have been on. They've won against a winning record every single time. So I'm not too mm. concerned about that with the Jaguars. I think they've really found something over there in Duval County. They've really gone out, got the right pieces. I think they're just they need to gel a little bit more on offense, but. I still think they're good enough to beat any team on any day. Like, they're actually a pretty legit team out there in Jacksonville. So I wouldn't say Jacksonville it, – it's not like I would write them off, like, so easily. I mean, mm. Houston, I wouldn't write them off either. They're a good team. Uh, they're getting there, I would say. That's why I've got them as a C plus. I think they're pretty good. But the reason I got the Jags as a B plus compared to you guys having them as a B – I think the Jags are a lot more elite than what most people think. So I I just think, yeah, looking at certain numbers here and there, it's just really the Jags have found the right balance offensively, defensively. It's just, it's working out somewhat well for the Jaguars. I don't, the only thing I I don't like for both
0: teams though, the only thing I don't like for both teams is that they both had early buys. So there's no buy in, in, there's no late buy for them here in the run home. And both teams, I think, can be pretty susceptible at this point to to injuries. We've already seen it with Texans, um, with, with Tank Dell, for instance. So if they do happen to lose Tank Dell or Nico Collins for a week or two somewhere in this, then Texans are, are, are really uh, probably pretty boned. Um, and the, Jack, the Jags are probably along the same line too. If they lose one or two of their star players, then uh, that's probably the only downer for both teams, I think. And 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 the race home in the, this division, yeah, that yeah. that bit of theatre towards the end of the year—that's the only part. Right, let's move on. Let's move on. That we did the AFC really well, there, boys. I'm proud of us. I'm very proud of us. Uh, yeah, we did. Right, let give, hey, give us an A for that. An A for the yeah. AFC for the Kynegrid yeah. Iron Boys. Okay, A's yeah, good. Let's go. Good. I'll give us a B plus because I talk too much. I am the host, though, so I should talk a lot, I suppose. <laughs> it's all uh, good. It's all <laughs> right, man. NFC East. Currently, the Eagles are eight and one. I think where everybody expected them to be. Cowboys are at five and three. Commanders uh sitting right there at four and five. And the Giants, the poor, poor New York Giants, who have oh. been struck by lightning, walked under a ladder, crossed paths with a black cat, and probably hit with the ugly stick at the same time. <laughs> are at are two and seven. There's, just, there's everything, everything possible. Someone has jinxed the New York Giants this season. I don't know what has happened. They've run across someone's grandmother and she's hexed them. I just don't know what's going on with them. Uh, I wouldn't have thought that. I didn't think that they'd be doing great. I thought that they definitely would have regressed to the mean, and I hate that term, but I think I thought that they would have, considering they just made wildcard card. Last year and, and had that, that playoff win against the Vikings. I thought that they'd be at or around there again. I definitely did not think two and seven. Um, I'm so surprised by that. I'm not sure how you boys feel about that.
1: Oh, you know, yeah, it's a bit of a surprise. It's it, Yeah, I think it is. I mean, in our predictions, we all had them finish in, in the third in the division. Yeah. But, you know, but they made the playoffs, uh, like you said you know last year so i thought they'd be decent not not they're gonna be they've got i read a another article this week that said they have the best odds to get the number one pick so i'd have it, to
0: agree and looking at their schedule brad i'd have to agree <laughs>
1: yeah it's just it's just not you know they've got a a playoff schedule i mean it's not it's not the worst thing in the world they're 18th ranked. Um, in terms of opponents. uh oh, But just... I think
0: it's the, I think it's the, the defenses that they come up against here. That's what I think is going to destroy them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's Dallas
0: it's... is, Dallas is obviously really good. Commander's defense is really good. The, the Pats, as we talked about earlier, it's a, it's Belichick's defense. So they can mm. actually be good if they want to be um, green boy. Green Bay might be a bit iffy. That might actually be a good, a, be a bit of a trash game, but it might be a bit more equal. Um, Saints, uh, Saints are all offense, Philly defense, uh, and they're twice against Philly. So that's just, it's scary. Yeah. For them.
1: And and how unfair is it for Philly to get the Giants two out of the last three weeks?
0: Even that, that is a schedule for me. I don't know why that happens. It should, uh, to me, and I guess they were second in the division though last year to be a wild card, weren't they?
1: Uh, third, they
0: were third. third. Oh, the Cowboys came second. I yeah. always think when you, if you go schedule making, you want to do that. You want to maybe favor those top two in each division towards the end of the season, as in, like mm. you want the matchups between those two mm. at the end of the season, because yeah. it's the possibility of them, the likelihood of both of those teams being at the top again is very high. Um, yeah, and, and Eagles were always going to be a powerhouse in this division. I don't think they've played as well as as their record says, though. At eight and one, though.
1: No, I I think they've mm. they've gotten they've gotten lucky. I mean, I'm not going to be that guy and say they got lucky beating Dallas. They they beat them fair and square. But you, you take just a, the smallest of margins and two plays diff, difference, and Cowboys win that game, and it's completely different. the The East is still wide open. Mm. Uh, and mathematically it still is wide open. Uh Dallas could still make a run at it. I don't think that's going to happen, but they could. Um I'm I'm surprised a little bit uh that the Commanders have have hung this tough. I think uh I think that it's because they've kind of found their quarterback and got a little juice going. So it it'll be interesting to see how they finish out the the rest of the season cuz their schedule's not too too tough but i i I don't think anybody outside of dallas or philadelphia is going to make the playoffs from that division
2: yeah for certain i think both dallas and philadelphia pretty much locks at this point for that playoff spot the two playoff spots i would say coming out of this division the giants and washington just look woeful i gave both of them an grade, honestly and I know a bit harsh to him, Washington potentially, but I know compared to you guys is pretty harsh, but <laughs> I think, you know, Washington, they're kind of blowing it up at the moment. And I, I don't, I don't know about them. I, I think they're definitely close enough to play for top 10 contention as well. And they've trade away all their good defense guys over the past week in the trade deadline. It's, it's really not looking like Washington looks like a contender. And I think if they don't finish in the top 10, even like, even if they don't finish in the top 10 picks, they're still an F grade because they did get a top 10 pick. So I think either way, they like fail in my sort of opinion there.
0: I mean, mean, we're we're both close though. We're both in D's Brad's a D plus. I'm a D. Yeah. Yeah. And I only did yeah. that because of that that description I put where they've probably done too much for a high draft pick. And by high, I mean top 10 draft pick. So I think they've yeah. they've, they've probably done too much and they probably will do too much to get that top 10 draft pick. But they'll play themselves out of that. Yeah, I feel like
1: they... I was going they say, they're, they're, they're on four wins now. I think going forward, they'll beat the Giants, they'll beat the Rams, they'll probably beat the jets and i think that's it um so yeah i think you're right i think they probably will play themselves out of a top 10 pick
0: yeah because they will end up at seven i'll yeah. end up at seven and eight and then that's yeah it puts a mid table you know especially with how there's a lot of teams that are very bad this season so at seven and eight will really will put you sort of around that 15 16 yeah. 17 mark yeah uh it,
2: let's, it's, yeah no <laughs> no
0: let's, yeah. let's move on to the north NFC North standings as they currently are Lions at six and two with the early wins uh, they had a quite a few early wins racked up a six and O oh. manage drop five and0 oh. yeah they start five five and O oh, five five and oh. I had to think about that then yeah so it started off five and0 oh before a, a few losses in there the Vikings are at 5-4. and four. Now, they started off 0-4, so the Vikings are currently on a five-game win streak. That's insane. It is. It is insane. It's insane. That's why I was so flabbergasted that we – how's that for a word today? So flabbergasted that we even got to do Vikings talk in our recap show for week nine. Um, oh,
2: five 5-1. Sorry, I forgot they lost in week two, the Lions. Just want to clear that up. Okay, yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, Packers three and five, the bears are at two and seven, which is an expectation. I'm pretty sure everybody really had, um, I certainly did. You boys both did. Yep. Definitely. I better check those rankings before I start saying that. Oh no, we all had the Packers at the bottom. So the Packers are doing mildly better than the bears. Um, so oh. yeah, Brad, oh, fair enough. Brad's Lions winning the North pick is, is currently playing out. We'll see how that goes though. Oh, uh, for the I Vikings, did. I did for oh, the I,
2: caveat. I, I think, yeah, I
1: think the you know the Vikings are a feel-good story, but I think long-term going
0: going forward, it's the twenty-eight, the twenty-eighteen fairy tale, mate. That's what's yeah. going on right now. Uh,
2: yeah, that uh, twenty-seventeen team. We are in
0: line oh, for another Minnesota miracle. That's all I'm giving you. So, oh my goodness.
1: Well, well, that you know they're they're. Their over-under at the start of the season was eight and a half. They've already got five wins. So, and if you look at their schedule, they got New Orleans, Denver, and Chicago. So they could, you know, they could rattle off three straight wins. The New Orleans game might be kind of tough, but Denver, Chicago, for sure. Vegas, that's a little bit of a toss-up. Cincy, Detroit, probably not. Green Bay, yes. So I, you know, they're looking good to beat that that over.
0: It's that the the thing I yep. love with that schedule going running home is that week that uh, week thirteen bye. Absolutely yeah. love that week thirteen bye because yep. yep. I mean we've got Josh Dobbs in the house now and he's he's already listed as starting this week against Saints at home. Yep, oh, that's um, awesome. it, it's it's yeah. it was it was obvious really. Jaron Hall got a concussion. So the smartest thing, even if he comes out of concussion protocol, is to to let the kid sit uh on the bench for a game. Like don't yeah, just throw yeah. him straight back go in with as a starter. Hand. No, go yeah. with the hot
2: hand. Go with a well, hot hand. Yeah, go Dobbs. with the feel
0: good right now. So you got Dobbs, uh, there's been some great videos on on the Vikings social media too this week around. And it's the
2: offensive player of the week too. Don't And he was that.
0: the and that's the the Nickelodeon player of the week as well, mate. And that's the <laughs> yeah, there's a, uh, there's a the funny sorry, video. he did
2: get the pastries. He didn't get the pastries this week. I'm sorry, Ian. You oh, you're but... letting
0: the team down. Um, the Nickelodeon video where they're giving him the Nickelodeon award was funny because he actually makes a little speech. It's a team, you know, so they're at practice, and he just says, I promise by the end of the week that I will know the name of every person on this team. Oh, I love <laughs> it. <laughs> it's just such a, it's such a good story. But anyway, he's in a building this week, so up against the Saints, uh, with an actual week to prepare as a starter and then you get another week against Denver, another week, and then you get a bye where you get an entire bye week where he can really be learning and, and coming up with things and, and sort of learning the O'Connell offense uh before they get into that harder run against the the Bengals and the Lions especially uh twice. Yeah. Because we've got the Lions. I said
2: twice. I said it would calm down to those two of- Lions you did games. the yeah, two you, Lions Vikings. That's what I said with the preseason prediction. I put the Vikings on top because of experience, but I said if the Lions win, say one or two, depending on records, then they're definitely getting there. So it, I think it's going to be within two games when it comes down to that first meeting, and then I think the Vikings going to catch up, just get one W potentially. It, it, I think yeah, it will be within two games so both games will be very important week 16, week 18 so that was what I put as the caveat for whoever was winning the division was. it was coming down to those two games so yeah, 100% it was always going to be close especially when you look at the over-under totals too it was only a one win difference in over-under so really I thought it would be playing out exactly just like that so I, I wouldn't say I was saying that vikings were gonna run away with it or anything i was just saying yeah i think i trust the vikings slightly more but not too much
1: one team i don't trust and that we haven't really touched on in that division is the bears uh i won't i won't mention the fact that we all picked them to win over 7.5 games yeah i do not no no we can we
0: can mention that brad the fact that we're bad at this that's what we've got. <laughs> okay? No,
1: I felt I felt like overall we did really good. It's just we whiffed big time on the Bears.
0: Yeah, well, we did definitely whiff big time. I don't know so, why we went over seven and a half. I don't know what we were thinking that day. I'm gonna have to I, go back have to go back and listen to that NFC uh, that NFC podcast and figure out what the hell we were doing with the North that week. I don't know. Well,
1: what- I think I, I think I probably convinced you guys that I thought Justin Fields was gonna. Take another leap forward, and and that hasn't
0: been the case. Yeah. Oh, maybe i oh, He's pull... been injured. Maybe I'll yeah. have to pull that drop out for the intro then, Brad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please do. Uh, I mean, to be fair, he's been injured, but like he the has, last yeah. couple of games, like the last couple of games that he played, he was actually real good. I mean, we saw him and DJ Moore go off when they played their first Thursday night game against the Commanders, like that sort of thing. Mm. It really shows that Fields has something. And that's what I don't get about the media nowadays. They're, they're hyping up Bajan and saying, oh, he's much better than Fields. No, he isn't. No way at Who's, now. who's saying that?
0: What, Who is saying that? I,
2: I thought... I saw like I mean firstly like Chris Collinsworth on Sunday night Football. We need to it's start like-
0: saying that we need to start calling out names because that's utter yeah. that's utter nonsense. Look, that is utter he, nonsense. Tyson Bajan yeah. has probably paid himself into a position where he is going yeah. to be a very good quality backup for a long time. But like he's that's, not a starter. But he's not he's never going to be a starter outside these games where his QB is injured. That is mm. it's yeah, the, the the hard truth of it. Um, yeah, and Colesworth
2: said that said Fields could learn sock parts of the game from Tyson Beijing, like throwing the ball away. And the next thing that Bajit does is throw an interception. That was like one funny clip that came out of their Sunday night game. against yeah, the Chargers. Like, I've seen some Chicago media as well. They're like, oh, Beijing should be the long-term starter. I don't get what they see in Bajit because Fields is that guy, I think. He's still pretty – good he should be their franchise QB still and I think they should build around him mm. even if they get the first overall pick and have oh the they should to kale Williams this is I isn't... think they should go Marvin Harrison
0: yeah personally. I think this is this is your point this is the the point in, in the season where you can go yes we still build around him and then you get that first overall pick yeah well you do you trade you trade out of it and get way yeah. more way more capital and build up that defense or build around Justin's Fields
2: like it's, it's like they did last year. Exactly. Yeah, with the yeah, Bears, uh, with the Pampers pick, yeah.
0: The, the last thing I'll probably leave us with with the North is the interesting thing I find with this division, and, and it's not like that. It is some other divisions are like that, uh, but not all of them, is that the majority of divisional games are within this last nine game stretch. So the last mm-hmm. half of the season. Um there's a, it's a strange schedule where they are all at the end of the season, which is a great thing. I think the schedules, most schedules should be built more like that, rather than having. I think there's a there's a division somewhere here which has got had the majority of the divisional games in the first half. I think the NFC West was like that, manjot actually, and the NFC South. Yeah, quite, yeah they,
2: quite like eight, that. Yeah. yeah,
0: the East, for example. Um, yeah, they got three already. Yeah, so it's like yeah, so I I like it when they're at the end anyway. So let's move on. Taking too long for the NFC North. Sorry. I don't know why we're doing that. Oh we just talk about the Vikings all the time. <laughs> it's like it's a Vikings podcast. Let's just change the name. Um NFC West. Now we're gonna talk about 49ers, manjot. Yeah. So, <laughs> current NFC West standings. 49ers are at five and three. The Seahawks are right behind them at five and three. Rams three and six. And the Cardinals are possibly the worst team in football at one and eight.
2: Yeah man, the Cardinals not looking good. I think they've rolled out the tanks like real really as intended. Uh I think with this division, it's it's a very interesting spot because I know nine is a tie with the Seahawks. I know nine is on a free game losing streak going into their bye uh which was last week in week nine. So I think it was very interesting, but I think this team is primed for good run in the second half of the season, just like the Niners of the last couple of seasons. And they've it's a really good place to be in for the 49ers when they have started five and three, rather than the inverse where they usually start like three and four, three and five, even for the last couple of seasons, they have started that badly. So I think really the Niners being in that sort of position where they're up a couple games on 500, and they can go in that end-of-season run is a really good spot for the Niners to be in. I think a lot of people, they're panicking a lot about the Niners, which, I, I mean, fair enough. They've lost three games in a row. That's that's pretty bad for most teams. But I think, especially if you look, they have the easiest strength of schedule. Which yes. So, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's really going re- to gonna be real
0: easy to play, to win games when you're coming up against some of the worst teams, Manjo.
2: Oh, I think the, the Cardinals really bring that down. So did Washington and the Rams. But then there's still tough games against Jacksonville coming up this week, Seattle twice, Philadelphia, of course, the big one. Tampa Bay is pretty tough as well. I think the next five are real tough. And Baltimore, of Tampa course. Tampa Bay is t- 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 Tampa
0: Bay's not Tug- tough. Whose who's doodles are you tugging? Seriously, Tampa Bay is not <laughs> okay, is okay. not tough. Tampa Bay are trash. It's, it's a
2: weird – no, I, I wouldn't say Tampa is an easy game, though. Like, Tampa their, they can play all. up. If you think about it, if you think about it, boys, right, Tampa can play up to expectation though they do have but a they won't
0: decent defense. we talked about this uh, earlier in the week man. Jot is that the the tampa bay receiver they're not using they won't use the run so they won't use the rush and the receiving core is just yeah. not together it's as good How- as baker mayfield is playing the receivers just decide to not play for baker mayfield and who knows why mm-hmm. that's happening but they should they probably should have moved mike evans on um And look, the only reason the the Seahawks are hard is because when the 49ers go to Seattle, they've traditionally been bad. So you've got that one first. So they have to get over that game. And if you lose that game in Seattle or have a really tough game in Seattle, you've got to go to Philly the next week and try and play possibly the best best team in the division right now. So... Yeah. I mean, in their conferences right now, rather. So...
2: Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm saying. It's not. It's not. It's not easy as like that schedule thing says. I mean, 0. 0.415 It means that they won forty one point five percent of games. So, I w- I would say like I know it says we have the easiest schedule, but there's still some tough games up there. And anyway, let's talk less forty ers go pretty good, <laughs> but yeah, yeah please. Seattle's, yeah, Seattle was really weird as well because I I don't know about them players like. They've had a couple of close wins here and there, and it's really – I don't know Brad, where to see them. Brad,
0: I can't know. trust them. I know – I can't trust Seattle at all right now.
1: Well, you know, I, I noticed that I gave a highest, the highest grade of the three of us. Right?
0: Yeah. I
2: gave the –
0: I can't. And, and I, I just think a C is 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 closer to it for me because I can't. After last week, I probably would have been at a B, and then they had mm-hmm. such an awful, awful loss where they just couldn't get anything going on either side of the ball, like anything. And so that was sort of I don't know where it's a bit more recency bias for me, but um, yeah, I just I, I couldn't trust them after that.
1: Yeah, and I I get what you're saying, and I understand why people would say that. Um, I think it is a recency bias. I think the, the totality, but the key is Geno Smith. If if Geno Smith plays like he has the last couple weeks, absolutely they could slip down to a D. Um, but if Geno Smith can go back to protecting the ball a little bit, then they've got to run a decent run game and a really good defense. Mm. And I and if they can get that clicking, then I think they're they are. A, a legit playoff team. I'm not saying they're gonna go to the you know Super Bowl, but I think they're they are gonna scare teams in the playoffs. Like it, if I'm Dallas, I don't want to travel to Seattle and have to play them. That that would scare me. So um, yeah, I've ar- I, I've already seen the Cowboys lose to Seattle in Seattle once before in my life. I don't
0: want that to happen again. So yeah, oh yeah, so. The Cardinals, obviously, we can't trust. The Cardinals are just trash. They're an utter, utter garbage team. They are oh yeah, yeah, the bottom the, of the, the bottom right now. The Rams, they need Stafford back. The Rams need Stafford, and this week they signed Carson Wentz, who, yes. who's going to come in and play as the backup. Which is a it's a very logical thing to do at this point because yeah, uh, yeah. I mean they ha- they signed a rookie who is just nowhere to be seen because of issues. Um, and that's not, yeah, that Stetson. wasn't, yeah, so that wasn't the plan, obviously. Uh the, Obviously, Stetson Bennett has some issues that he needs to get through, and, mm. and it's great that he is getting through those, obviously, but we haven't heard about him. But they need Stafford, and they need Stafford bad. And I think if they get Stafford back, of course, they've got the bye this week, so that really helps them. If they get Stafford back, then I can see them pushing a few more teams here. They do have the the 31st, so the the second easiest schedule. Um Going ahead, uh, mm, mm. so the only one that's easier than there's the 49ers, man. shot. so um, yeah, I uh, I think if they get Stafford back, then they might win a few of these games, although they win against Arizona. But I think they'd be maybe a good shot against the Seahawks coming out of bye, Browns, maybe, uh, if they can get if they have Stafford because the offense functions better with him there, Commanders, mm. Saints as well. They could win against giants. So it could be good for the Rams for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I would love personally, like if Stafford's banged up or, or if they decide just to keep him healthy for next season, um, because he is 35 uh, I'd love to see Carson Wentz get a little bit of rejuvenation. I personally, I'm, I'm a Carson Wentz fan. Uh, I know a lot of people hate him and I understand, I completely understand why, but I think it's just because uh, being from North Dakota, or you know, <laughs> uh, I just I'm, I he, I've got a soft spot for him.
0: Yeah, so I was I was feeling a little bit bad for Puka Nakua in this whole Stafford injury section mm. because before that, uh, his his offensive rookie standings were were way up there. He was having on pace to have um, one of the best uh, sort of rookie uh, wide receiver seasons. Um, that we've seen just with what he'd been doing, and he just came out of nowhere. Stafford gets hurt, and that, ho- that just goes away. Uh, even with Cup there, when Stafford was there, he was getting some good numbers. I think this, I think Wentz coming in helps starts helping that again because at least Wentz can throw the ball, and he's got a, a very level old head on his shoulders, so he knows mm. he knows offenses, he knows what defenses should be doing. Um, as as long as his ankles can stand up to it, he should be good. As long as he gets the ball out quick, like Stafford does, he should be good. And hopefully Puka starts getting a few more, a few more numbers again, uh, cup as well. And then, yeah, so the Rams go forward. I, I would love to see, and, and I don't want Manjot, I'm not getting on the 49ers, but I would love to see the 49ers actually do lose a few of these games and that it comes down to a three-way race between the 49ers, the Seahawks and the Rams at the end of the season. Because that would be oh, the only thing. I seed. hope
2: not. I, I'd rather <laughs> ask go for the one seed, but yeah. Well,
0: no, no I'm, I'm not saying that, that, but I just, it would be, it would take away all the, yeah, it would take away all the stink of the Cardinals. Like the Cardinals just full on tanking from the start of the season. It'd take that stink away from the whole division because there would be a three way race. At, yeah. So, yeah, it's,
2: it's crazy. The Cardinals, I mean, they look real promising as well at the start of the season with Josh Jobs. I mean, trading him away clearly signaled that he was doing too well for their tank, and especially if he can be very competitive against some good teams. I mean, they beat Dallas. They had some great games against some of the other contenders out there, and I think that really worried the Cardinals that they win a few games at the end of the season as well. I mean, their run, they could have stolen one from maybe Atlanta or Houston, potentially, like some or, or Chicago. Like, they could have stolen a win and messed up their tank for the number one pick. So, it, it was really crazy. Like, they, they're really going all oh, in this tank. They, yeah. they know they don't want to mess it up. One detail being Josh Jobs. But then now they bring Kyler back, and it's like, okay, now you might mess it up even more. I find
0: find their strength, and I really want to move on, but I find their strength of schedule being at 19 um, just such a weird number, considering everybody knows how bad they are um, and that they are trying to actively tank. You look at who they're playing, and it's like, how could that still be so high? I I just don't understand how that's not (laughs) the, the hardest schedule in all of football right now. I just don't understand how it's in the middle. All right, let's move on to the NFC South. Current standings for the South. The Saints are at five and four. This is such, and as before I started, I should have said it, this is such a 500 division. This is utter 500 division. Mm. Saints at five and four. Falcons at four and five. The Bucks are at three and five. And then the Panthers trying to outrace the Cardinals to the bottom at one and seven. I generally don't think they are trying to do that. The The hard part about watching the Panthers right now is they are trying to actively win games. They really are trying to win games and really pouring everything they are they have into trying to win these games. And, and there just seems to be something that just doesn't go right. they very, very unlucky right now to keep to having games go the wrong direction than what uh, logically it should have been at the start of the season.
1: Yeah, this is the most embarrassing division in, in football. Um, Correct correct <laughs> by far i i am gonna take a take a moment to brag at least i got the uh saints and falcons uh, one two in my pick that's a that's how i have had them uh finishing i and i think i still think that's how it's gonna end up uh the the panthers have just yeah they've been an embarrassment and and you know i worry about young uh the quarterbacks i just hope that he doesn't get damaged you know just in terms of develop a reputation for not being able to do it because uh, you, you've seen that before with some rookie quarterbacks and being a quarterback is such a mental game. When you just go through such horrid uh rookie seasons like this, it's hard to bounce back. Uh, ask Troy Aikman. He he only won one game as a rookie. Um, so he he knows what that's like. But that was pre-salary cap. So the the, the Cardinals aren't bouncing back, you know, and, and going to win the Super Bowl here in the next couple of years like the Cowboys did. Uh it it'll be really interesting just to see. How the rest of the season plays out. There's no way they're gonna. The card. The Panthers are gonna get their over on the over under. They had seven, seven and a half games. Yeah, so obviously, you know no odds way. makers. Yeah, the odds makers thought that they were gonna win a lot more games than what they really are. So there's, there's just no way.
2: Yeah, it's it's awful that division. I gave everyone a C minus or below in my report cards for this division. That's how bad I thought everyone's played. And I think a lot of it too, none of these teams are clutch at all. They've lost a lot of close games, a lot of these teams. Like this division could be completely different if someone had won this close game or this close game. Like for example, bucks versus Falcons. Like if the Bucks had won rather than going down by three points, then yeah, you know, the Bucks are on top. But it's just like that sort of thing comes up where all these sort of close games between these teams and teams outside of the division really start to weigh down when you can't win them. It starts to weigh down the entire division. And they're all playing close games. I don't think I've seen any one of these teams actually blow out another team. They've got blown out definitely. But I don't think I've seen any of these four actually blow out a team like a full two score win I would say that's that's really it like I mean the Bucks I think they had a couple of them but apart from that there's not really I can remember like this division just they live and die by the close games. At the weird point.
0: the weirdest grade for me in this division that I had to give was actually the Saints. I mean yeah. our they're leading the division and they're most likely going to win the division by just by the description and the metrics I put together for our grades that C would give them a wild card, would give a team a wild card. Obviously, B would be will be at playoffs. Now, they're going to win a division, so they're going to be at the playoffs. But I don't think that they've played good enough to to say team looks good, may need to find some depth in some phases, but will be at playoffs. I don't Mm. think... The team only looks okay, and you can't trust them week to week, which is our C description. Um, But on the right day against the right team, they can do some damage, which is the rest of what I put there for C. I had to end up and I just did just change this cause I, I realized I didn't put the extra bit in there, but I did just that. I had to give them a C plus because I think they're a C, but they're definitely winning this division. So they're going to be a playoff. So I'm kind of in that middle part. Um, I just don't, mm. it's a very weird grade to give. And I was, it was a, yeah, an interesting thought process to get to that, you know?
1: No, I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I still think Atlanta could win the division uh, just simply because of their schedule. Because if you look at it, so they're at four wins now. They've, mm. they've gone against Arizona, win. Uh, it, that it, I think the key will be that game against New Orleans. But so they, they could beat Arizona, beat the Jets, beat Tampa Bay, beat Carolina. Uh, I could see them in the Indianapolis 50 50. Chicago 50-50 uh and then New Orleans. So if they just if they get a one or two breaks, I still think Atlanta
0: could do it. Um
1: Lord knows Bijan so Robinson.
0: So the Saints, what do you think about the Saints then? Well, <laughs> in terms of those games that are coming up, if you just want to yeah, run through so, that quickly.
1: Yeah, so Minnesota, I I think that's a that's a 50-50. Um it's at Minnesota, so I might get a slight edge to to them um the Enough. atlanta game yeah or you know so then we, we see at the atlanta game uh detroit no that's a loss carolina that's a win giants it's a win i would say the rams that's probably going to be a win uh tampa bay probably going to be a win so
0: it comes down you- to that that means that this division is likely going to come down to saints falcons in week 18.
1: And the worst division, would, and they would have the biggest drama. That would be so funny.
2: It's just oh man, if they put that on Sunday night football as well, that'd be crazy. Like the final uh, game of the regular season, yeah, it'd probably be the most mid-game as well. I think oh, man, the problem man, is the problem. that's some nightmare feel.
0: Yeah, the problem is Manjot that they would have to give it like a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday night standing because it could decide a division.
2: So, mm, that, mm. so
0: you would have to give it some precedence over other divisions. You couldn't. So yeah. that when when they get to eighteen, they're going to have to they have to start deciding. Uh, okay, who's going to be in Arvo? Who's going to be in Night? Obviously, but there's we could have. I think we have three Arvo games at some point. So mm. it could be I a, just, I just, a, even yeah. a Sunday Arvo game. Like I'd rather bury it early in Sunday early. You know, <laughs> it's like it's,
1: yeah. it's the, the only thing that oh. can. If that happens, the only thing that could make that even better was, and I would never wish injury upon anybody, but if if Carr gets hurt and they have to go with, like, Taylor Heineke versus Taysom Hill as the quarterback. Or Jameis. Or
2: Jameis, yeah. 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 Jameis plus Taysom Hill. I think Taysom Hill is actually, like, this year compared to other years, he's actually got a better role like they've actually used him more effectively he's actually turned into a better player out out of nowhere i think compared to last year at least like i think they've actually got the package with taste of him like pretty effective uh Mm. looking at also looking at expected points added one of my favorite metrics to look at saints are pretty much the only team that's like above mid in expected point added in defense and offense for this entire division, like in the median tier. They're the only team in this entire division. Every other team is about like top 10 pick, median sort of range, that that sort of thing. But the Saints are the only ones like above median. So Mm. I, I would say, I mean, I'm not sure how much you guys read into these sort of analytics, but I think it really shows like efficiency. That's what expected points added really shows is like how efficient teams are. And I think the Saints definitely have the most efficiency out of all of these teams. I mean, the Buccaneers, they're really lacking in uh defensive efficiency compared to most of the teams in the league. For example, the Falcons, of course, lacking in offensive efficiency compared to everyone else. So that really shows that you know, the Saints are closer than the other teams, I think, to having like a good balance in terms of in terms of both sides of the ball. But still, it's really bad compared to the contenders in the other divisions across the NFL. Brad, it's been mm. a while.
0: Um, we're into week, we're pretty close to week 10 now. It's
2: been a while since
0: we've had a man gets nerdy
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I've yeah. actually like I've actually been looking into his advanced stats recently just to see if I see if I haven't still... Yeah, actually, <laughs> when we talk about AFC South earlier, Ian, actually, you could you could say uh, the the Texans actually have had a more efficient offense. The Jags have had a more efficient defense, for example, in terms of uh, EPA per play. So, man, man,
1: Man, just yeah, just right, because I, just, I, just because you can look into su- something doesn't yeah, mean you all all should I, look yeah, into. Right, right, it right there. All I right, can, I had like my Manja, two minutes. Had two Manja, minutes. I can, Manja. I can look into a colon, my colon, but I don't want to look into my colon. Okay,
2: <laughs> yes.
1: so. Just because you can't—well, actually, I can't look into my colon, but I could look into a colon. Never, never mind. I'm not going to digress. But yeah, you, you, you understand my point. The, the, you're, you're getting a little too in, much into the weeds there.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm gonna 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 put a lid on it. Let, let's go <laughs> on to the uh, let's go on to some of the other things. Um, well,
0: I just I'll ask the two of you a question uh, before we we just dive into having a quick look at our uh, best team scores and we won't do-, do too much on that but um one one thing and i want one thing what is the single most surprising thing from the N- the nfl as a whole this season so far for you guys oh great question brad oh uh,
1: what's what's the the single most pr- what's surprised
0: thing? you most about football this season so far
1: I, I think truthfully, it's probably the the quality of play from CJ Stroud. I, I was that to me, that's the most surprising thing. I know he was the number two pick, but I was not expecting him to look this good this early. Uh, I yeah, that's really, really surprised me that and just how well
0: Houston's done overall. Mm. Well, I'll give you mine. Mine essentially was uh, the fact that the defenses uh it, it's it's supposed to be an offensive league these these days mm. and that's what we're told constantly yeah. but the defenses are so strong and the offenses have all taken a massive step back even in in big teams like um like the Chiefs for instance who were always constantly drilled into us about the being uh, such an offensive team it's Patrick Mahomes and uh, you know and, and his weapons um but it's all about the defense yeah so it's it, it's like that across the league. The defences are ruling. Defences, Divins win championships, but they, at the right now, defences are winning games. So, that's probably been the most surprising thing for me. I would expect way more offense, but it's, it's not, it's been the exact opposite way. Manjot?
2: Yeah, for me, I was going to go along those lines, Ian, but be a bit more negative, I would say, <laughs> it's just the quality of play across the league. is just, it really feels like it's decreased. And, I, I know you, you just praise defense, of course. I'm not, like, hating on defense and everything, but I just feel like offensively, it's not just, like, defense is good. I think the offenses are just terrible and part of that's injury, like quarterbacks getting injured all the time and star players as well getting injured. I think some of it as well, just, like, in 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 like incessant things like just coming into the game like for example uh like you know a couple ref calls here and there Mm. and just we ruin a few of these games to be honest and then it's just like I, I don't know I feel more disappointed by this season compared to pretty much all the other seasons that I've covered on Patriot Press NFL on the podcast like especially with some of the expectations we've had for this season it just feels like everyone's just a mid-team like no there's no real like group of five or six teams that really stand out and part of that's good because parody but part of that is also yeah it's like you know you know ne- you expect like a game to be good say bills and Bengals last week but then it turns out to not be that great and yep it kind of dampers sort of things. And then primetime games are not good. And then the NFL doesn't look like it's trying to fix that by keeping in some of these primetime games. It just the quality of football around is just really dampened for me. But I really hope we have a good second half this season, boys. Just really hope we have some more better quality football across the board, especially as games mean more. I
0: I think we will. And I think it's what we've talked about in terms of divisions the way they are, even a bad division like NFC South will have some kind of excitement to it because they're playing within yeah. the division. So all the teams are bad, but they've got to play each other uh, several times to try and win that division. So that the whole thing just be- the games should become closer. It should be better matchups. Uh, but I do agree with you. The quality of the matchup so far has been pretty pretty bad. All right. Uh, the only other thing to look at from our preseason slate. And what we did through um, basically an entire month as we went along or a couple of months rather, sorry, as we went along through the coming into the season was we went through and picked the the inaugural G'day Gridiron Best Team Draft. So we had our drafts for teams, different uh, positions as we went along. So we went a position, position group every week. Um, so... I won't run through the entire teams. Essentially, what we use for anyone that didn't listen to those episodes, uh, we picked, we drafted a position team group, and we're basing it off PFF scores and PFF rankings for the entire season. So, what I've done at the moment is gone through and picked out everyone's current overall PFF score. So, the offensive players, their offensive score, their total offensive score, defensive, their total defensive score. so, gone through, picked those out, totaled them up. And at the moment, uh, Brad is coming in third with, uh, and there's a two, so we're going to obviously added them all up, 2,085.6 points. Manjot is in second, 2,153.6. And I am in first, 2,183.6. Averages, 28 players across our team. Um, averages are pretty good. Manjot's actually only within a point of me and Brad is another two points further back in that. So basically for Manjot, one point per player to try and catch up. Boys, uh, we had a little bit of a talk in the green room, the chat about this as we were f- sort of sussing things out and fleshing things out today before we went to recording. What are you, some of your thoughts on some of these players, anything that stood out to you, Manjot?
2: Yeah, I was I was pretty impressed by by the quality of guys I chose. I think was was pretty impressive. I think nailed a few picks. I think tight at end wide receiver. They're pretty. I, I'm. I would say in terms of my analysis, like wide receivers, like the position I pride myself on getting right in terms of knowing who's the best players. I think I think I did pretty well. With my lowest grade being a 76.6, I think that's a pretty good effort. I know that's the lowest grade, pretty much, of most of you, most of the players there, but I still think, you know, a few injuries here and there have hit my team. So hopefully I get well. I think quarterback, I absolutely nailed, especially getting the top two guys at quarterback on PFF in my team as my QB1 and QB2. It's been real good to have that and a solid third guy in Trevor. So I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Think I can catch up to you in. Um just as long as some of my team stays healthy. I've already lost Matt Milano for the year at linebacker, lost JC Horn for a long time at DB and a few other guys like Devo getting injured, Dalvin Cook's not being used, Eckle has being injured. So hopefully my team can remain with some sort of help at the end of the year to make this close,
0: Brad. Anything stand out about yours? Uh,
1: well, I, I think the, be John Robinson and just just how woeful he is being utilized, and I don't think that's his fault. Mm. I think it's the offense's fault, and, and it's Arthur Smith's fault. So, um, I think I think that hurts quite a bit. Uh, overall, I, I think the offense. I'm 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 happy with uh you know Mahomes is Mahomes but i would say i took a little bit of a flyer on fields so i got mahomes herbert and fields i think herbert's going to bounce back um and fields if he can come back healthy he'll be fine defense yeah i i think Traymond edmonds you know i expected him to have a have a big season um you know the bears sign him trade for him whatever it was but he's just stunk it up. So it, I don't know if the Bills knew something about him, but he he has not not been doing well uh, overall. So mm. it's it's uh, you know it's it's one of those things. Yeah, I'll let you talk about it, Ian. But the one that blew, the one player in this whole thing that blew me away. Is Bobby Wagner uh, your pick of, of Bobby Wagner? I'll, I'll let you address
0: <laughs> it. But... What, do you, what do you mean, blew you away? I don't know how
1: well because well, the guy's as old as dirt,
0: yeah. <laughs> but Bobby Wagner has always had good seasons, he's just he's and I talked about this back then, Brad. He's just uh, yeah. every season is basically the same for Bobby Wagner, <laughs> and yes, it's, I, think, I, I think it's his it, last season, but he's still been playing well. I don't think he's. Well,
1: You
0: know, I thought it was his last season three seasons ago. Nah, and that's I think the difference with being a linebacker is though is is, is, as long as you maintain the strength, you don't really have to be. For some linebackers, you're not playing a quick game. You're not trying to. uh, You Mm -hmm. know, a lot of it is about strength and it's about blocking more than it is is about is rushing and and running and moving wow. around. So and I think that's yeah, the Yeah,
2: but it that, is one of the toughest positions to play though. Like but yeah. very few linebackers can actually get to like 15 years in the league. And A yeah. lot of them retire really early as well to be Yeah, honest. but it's
0: it's the it really is the 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 intellectual part of the defense yeah. if you like. It's yeah. you've got to be the smartest players are, are playing linebacker and the smartest strongest players are the guys that last for this long, as long as Bobby Wagner has? He knows what offenses are doing. He knows every single thing offenses are doing. And that's why he's got mm, an 86.8 mm. grade right now, which is one of the highest for any linebacker, by the way. He is way up there in PFF grades in, in uh <laughs> yeah, in terms of linebackers. I'm yeah. I am I'm surprised it was that high, Brad. I'm not gonna lie. Uh I'm not gonna mm. sit here and, and and not say that, but Bobby Wagner is the sixth high, uh, ranked um, linebacker right now on PFF grades. Mine, I'm uh, I'm a little surprised and a little uh, angry. I think Daniil Hunter's um, hard done by with his grade of 74.8. The things mm. that let him down at the moment in terms of what how PFF have ranked him, they've ranked him very harshly for rush defense. And when you're talking about edge rushes, what rush defense. There's not a lot of it. Um, so I don't think, but I think the it, it, way it's been and the Vikings defense at the moment is Daniel Hunter doesn't really play a lot of snaps when, when it is, a uh, when they are coming up against rush um, or he sort of, he plays a very different role. Uh, I think he's very hard done done by because he is currently the sack leader in the NFL with 10. So it's 10 sacks in, in eight games is, is pretty good. He's ahead of TJ Watt and Miles Garrett, who are the leaders for edge rushes right now on PFF grades. Um so I think he is very, very hard done by. Miles Garrett, for instance, has a ninety three point three uh grade right now. And you can see that he is um he's on your team, Brad. Yeah. Uh but yeah it's quite
2: I- a bit more though Ian to be honest. I mean I I did I was very surprised seventy four point eight for Daniel Hunter, but I think there's a lot more that goes into airs rushing than just sacks as well. I mean, you look at Nick oh, Bosa. I, I know that. example. I know like that for sure. 92, gonna... yeah. 92 for Nick Bosa, and he's only had like a couple sacks this year, but that's because he's getting a lot of pressures out there. He's he's really rushing the quarterback, having a high pass rush win rate as well. So I think, I think that, those sort of things... As well, it's um, it really factors into all of that with PFF, and that's what it, It's really interesting with PFF, just like as an aside. But when you look at PFF, it really they try and watch every play and like make a judgment on it. But also, you have to take into consen- into account that one person's opinion. So it's the it's the graders' opinions, and there's only like one or two guys that grade every single game. And every play, and two, maybe they're not grading every play; and they're only grading certain plays. We don't know. There's a bit of a yeah. You can have a little bit of doubt in some of these grades, but mm. yeah, I, I digress there.
0: I um, I tried to weirdly. I remember when we were doing this draft, I tried to take a bit of a punt every week on a, on a yeah. player at a position group, and I know Daniil Hunter mm. was that punt for me, so that was oh, interesting. Okay. And I yeah. go back and I look at all my threes and fours and I sort of think about it and I go, oh, I actually did pretty well on a couple of these. Like I've gotten pretty lucky. Like I, I picked Terry McLaurin and I remember you guys sort of sort of going on about that, like being mm. really surprised mm-hmm. that I picked Terry McLaurin, but he's got a 72 at the moment as a wide receiver, so that's, it's pretty good. Um, he's not far off Garrett Wilson, who's on my team as well with a 78. I, I picked Taysom Hill, who for a tight end, is is in the 70s, uh, which is pretty good. He is obviously he benefits from the passing game as well because he has been used on those uh, as a as a QB on the field at the same time. so he does get a little bit of a bump and benefit from that um Probably the thing the, the one that I'm I'm trying to think of one that I, I a little bit more disappointed in that I wish I would have cho- chosen better. Uh, and I think maybe apart from Daniil Hunter, it might be when I got down into the weeds with DBs uh and I went with Lejeria Sneed. Is there anybody, is there a, a guy here on either of your teams that you probably wish you uh, would have chosen better right now?
1: Oh. oh, I mean, I've already mentioned, you know, Bijan. I think he was the very first pick. Um
0: Yeah. You know, so
2: first pick of the first draft, yeah. But I think yeah. he was a
0: solid pick, though, Brad. I think it's just been the way he's been used, it's not really the like his actual play that's been bad, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I would agree with you.
1: Um, it's just been disappointing. I think Pat Sertan, for me, is one you know, as a DB, he was my number one DB, but he just hasn't lived up to uh, expectations, Major.
2: Yeah, I think uh, running back's kind of a bit concerned about Eckler and Cook. I mean, both have being sort of underutilized or injured at the start of the season. So we could see a bump from Eckler real soon, but I don't think the Chargers are using him that much anymore, especially coming off the injury. So they, I think either they're easing him back into it or he just needs to get more carries and be more effective with his carries. I think... um. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not too, too, not too mad at my team. Actually, uh, I was, I was pretty impressed across the board. I, I think, I think compared to like you guys, I think you guys have a bit more boom or bust. But I'm kind of like sort of in the middle, like in everything. Like it's, it's a pretty solid team all around. Where I'm just like pretty middle. I think, I think especially having the best players at some positions. I mean very impressed with quarterback and running back How I've really nailed those sort of positions and tight end. I think my offense I've been really impressed with maybe Fryer move as well my tight end free, but <laughs> it was really, I mean, tight end is like a tough position anyway to like pick. So I'm not going to be too mad at myself, but yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very, very good sort of positioning sort of group. I'm a bit surprised as well, boys, Justin Tucker being a 72 grade and, Everyone says he's the best kicker. I think I think that's a bit harsh as well, but you know, I I can't really say that's, that. That, is,
0: that. I did take that. I took their field goal um uh right. scores too, by the way, because kickers yeah. get a, usually get a field goal and a kickoff score. So I took uh-huh. all their field goal scores. So that is just the field yeah. goals because I thought that was a better. Metric to use because kickoffs. All right, like,
2: yeah, but. he's he hasn't kicked too many field goals, no. knowing how the Ravens have been, so can't be too fast, there.
0: Our boy Lou Headley needs to do something about that punter score though. Fifty threes, that's not good enough. <laughs> uh, uh, well, he's
2: getting on the highlights every week of NFL Australia. So he is.
0: Maybe he needs to yeah. play for the Jets because he get a lot of time punting the ball. Then.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, all right. Well, that's um that's a bit of a mid-season report card and recap all done of course this was all to do with our pre-season shows as we've been mentioning if you do want to know any of the info on why we chose some of these players why we thought about those teams earlier in the season more than welcome to scroll back down the feed and find those special editions um, we would be most appreciative if you do uh, other than that Please do check out our socials. There will be some stuff around these recaps and the report cards coming out over the weekend. So at G'day Gridiron on Facebook and Instagram. Banjot will still be posting daily at Pastry Press NFL. There's still lots going on in the NFL at the moment. Um, Lots of talk during the week uh, and, of course, leading up into the games for game week for week 10. Apart from that, we will be back with a Week Ten Recap show early to mid next week, so look out for that. Check out our boys, Aussie NFL Fantasy, and Mark at No Huddle Dynasty, and like and follow the Aussie Gridiron Network page, please, on Insta. Uh, that'd be great. It all helps us out. All right, boys. Apart from that, it's uh, see you later from me.
2: Yeah, everyone
1: thanks everybody
0: g'day gridiron is brought to you by the aussie gridiron network a network of australian podcasts bringing you some of the best content from the nfl and the local game check out our other podcasts aussie nfl fantasy and no huddle dynasty